Hashtag MSW. Well, it's unbelievable that we're coming towards the end of the month. It's the 28th of May, 2020. My goodness, where has 2020 disappeared to? Somewhere, somehow, it's been swallowed up. And talk about swallowed up. Uh, 0605842250. I'm sure you've heard about the news uh, regarding the return back of football. And despite all of these uh, reports uh, that football players continue to test positive for coronavirus in the UK, a massive, massive decision has been taken today by the Premier League, and that is to resume football on the 17th of June. Now, the league was suspended on the 13th of March because of the pandemic and will be, what, 100 days now after Leicester City's 4-0 win over Aston Villa on the 9th of March. Now, that competition will resume with games uh, being played now behind closed doors. We're not going to waste any time. In fact, we're going to go straight to the UK and chat to former Liverpool legend John Barnes for his take on the decision that's been taken. John, thank you so much uh, for your time. Good evening and welcome. Good evening, Robert. It's a pleasure. Were you taken by surprise? 17th of June, football resumes, two games already scheduled. Um, the surprise is that they, they, they muted that date four or five days ago. And the surprise is actually that they stuck to it. Because, of course, in these times, you've heard lots of statements about what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, when are we going to do it. And they've never really materialized, not just in football, in, in things generally. So, but they had talked about getting back in the sense of the man, I suppose. They looked at the, the training regime that clubs are now going through, and they say that, you know, they are able to do it as safely as possible. There will be the odd play, and there are players who've tested positive for corona, coronavirus. However, if we're saying that we're waiting for no one to be um, positive with, or tested or tested positive for coronavirus to get back to work, football and otherwise, we'll be around for the next two or three years without doing anything. So I suppose, you know, they mitigate the, the risk and say that, yes, um, we think it's okay for them to come back, knowing that there still may be some players who may not decide to come back and train and, and play at that time. But, you know, the authorities have to make a decision as to when to come back rather than leaving it to the players because some will say, yes, we should go back. Some will say no. And that could go on forever. Well, I'm sure you've also been following the Troy Deeney saga and how he's been able to handle uh, things. I mean, he's taken it very personally and he's viewed, uh, you know, his own personal reasons as to why uh, he wouldn't want to come back. Although those have changed somewhat, I think today is that conversations with the members of government, etc. But what have you made of players like him and Golo Kante as well? Well, once again, you know, players may feel strongly one way or the other. But as I said, if you're going to leave it to players to decide when to go back, Troy said no. The majority of players will say yes. What then do you do? You know, you have to make a decision as to when the authorities decide to go back. And then you have to respect individual players' rights and their freedoms and their concerns. If they say, well, I'm not comfortable doing that, so therefore they won't. So everybody's different. But I think the overwhelming majority seems to have been okay with the fact that they will go back, knowing that there will be some players who aren't comfortable. When you take that bit of being uncomfortable, John, and you try and put it into a scenario where we all know, you know, everybody knows that everybody's asking for uh, the social distancing factor. You can't social distance in football. It's a contact sport. What are you risking? Well, first of all, by the time that comes along, I'm sure they've looked at the situation and say you won't be able to, 
you won't need to necessarily socially distance by the 17th of June because those laws are being relaxed as we speak. So if that's three weeks down the line, they then are aware that um, particularly as everybody who will then go out onto the pitch will be tested before uh, and at the stadiums. So I don't think that there's necessarily a risk for the players. Obviously, it will be behind closed doors, which is the right way to do it, because, of course, had there been people in the stadium, then, of course, you can't control social distance in, in that respect. But in terms of everybody who will be playing, everybody who will be in the stadium, and there won't be many, um, they would all be tested to know that they, they, that they haven't got coronavirus, or I suppose the risk is much, it's much less. But once again, forget football. Think about when people have to then go back to work for their livelihoods. We don't know when that is, and some people have to. Premier League footballers are fortunate, and they probably could have a year or two off and still you know, not lose their house and lose their livelihoods. However, when are people then going to say, we have to go back to work? Because, yes, there is a risk, but I have to put food on the table. I have to pay my bills. What, how do you mitigate that? So, you know, football is no different. Football is probably in a better state because they are able to then, you know, A, um, from a safety point of view, really manage that situation in, 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 in the stadiums rather than the normal person who works in, you know, wherever he works, being, not being able to do that. Fair point. Uh, I guess the behind-closed-doors factor makes sense, but obviously from a, a factor again, John, where you say, are we clearing a season so that we finish it uh, because of the monies that will be lost in the process? Or are we looking at a scenario where, you know, the, the virus is not over, the pandemic is not over yet, it's just trying to get uh, the economy going again and people to go back to work, uh, because the numbers are still spiking, they're still rising. The virus is not going to be over for a long time. And are we saying once again that, forget football, talk about life, talk about work, whatever yeah. job you have. Are we waiting for it to disappear before we go back to work? There'll be people who can't afford to do that. And, and I'm, 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 I would think that that's not going to be the case of two, three, four years, who knows? So the point I'm making is that we're going to have to get used to a new normal, getting back to whatever a new normal is. And at the moment, new normal would be for the first, in the first instance, staying behind closed doors. And then after we have to see what happens. But I suppose they have decided from a financial point of view also, and that's not necessarily thinking that it's all about money because players' lives are necessarily going to be at risk. They will mitigate that risk and they'll control that in terms of the testing that's going to be done. The, the, as I said, football would be a much better place to control that than, than other people would. So I have much more sympathy for other people who can't go back to work or who may be forced to go back to work in probably unsafer climates than, than, than footballers. Have you been able to maybe keep tabs with what's been happening in the German Bundesliga, how they've been uh, controlling things because they did their homework, they're back playing right now, but obviously behind closed doors and other factors? Well, they were ahead, they were ahead of us in terms of when the virus first hit and in terms of the stages they need to hit to then decide when they're going to get back to a semblance of normality. Um, but what you can't do is look at what other countries necessarily do because you're on a different trajectory in terms of, you know, the amount of cases you have, the way it's been treated, um, the, 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 the people who have it. So I think you really have to just go by what's right in terms of what's right in your own country rather than thinking we are two weeks behind Germany because they were two weeks ahead of us. It's more to do with, obviously, from a scientific point of view, whether, you know, it hit us harder than it hit them, it hit us less than it hit them. You can't look at other countries because France have decided to cancel there. So, you know, um, every country has to do their own thing. Yeah, we've seen France, we've seen Belgium, we've seen the Netherlands uh, bring an end to their league uh, seasons. I mean, apart from things, John, like uh, pre-match handshakes being banned in the Premier League, uh, I know that they were thinking at, at some point as well about spitting, uh, but I saw yesterday FIFA came out with Pierre-Luigi Colina uh, saying that, you know, 
it's not really that easy to say a, a player spits and you give them a yellow card. What if the referee is facing a different way and a player is spitting somewhere else on the field? It's very difficult to monitor such things and then a hand out a punitive punishment. But obviously, if you spit at another player deliberately, that is a red card offense. Is there anything that they might be leaving out or anything that really sounds wishy-washy? Well, not really, because, you know, as I said, the players will be tested completely before they even play. So, therefore, yeah. they can spit because they haven't got coronavirus, because they've been tested. So, you know, as I said, if you weren't being tested, and, and I think if you're going to be allowed to play, particularly as we know the nature of football, it's a contact sport. Forget handshaking. You've got to be jumping on each other and rubbing each other up and down. And, you know, when you're marking someone, got your arms around him. So, I don't, I don't think the fact, you know, that, that, that I don't think it should be the situation whereby you can't shake hands, because shaking hands is probably the least of the problems. Or, or, or obviously, if you spit on a player, you're going to get a red card anyway. So I don't think that that's necessarily a situation. As I'm saying, the players themselves should know that they haven't got COVID-19 by the time they play. So they should be able to shake hands and carry on normally. Um, but as I said, once again, these are on uncharted territories, uncharted waters. So I'm sure there still would be the odd case or so as we move forward. And that doesn't mean we have to then stop everything because one or two players have then got it um, even when we thought it was safe. So, you know, it's just softly, softly, slowly, slowly, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. When you look at a Liverpool scenario right now, John, I don't know if you've picked up anything, you've been in touch with the club or some of the players or management, you know, from a psychological perspective, trying to get back. Yes, they do have the luxury of, what, three weeks now to prepare, but what kind of return are we expecting from the log leaders, for example? We're probably expecting the same kind of return as we're expecting from everybody else. No one is fitter than Liverpool. No one is less fit than Liverpool. Um, no one has had more time, less time off. It's all been the same for everybody. So everybody's in the same boat. Um, you could argue that, as opposed to Liverpool having lost the last two or three games of the season, uh, were, were on a downward trajectory. Not to say they were never going to win the league, but of course now, um, the negativity, the fact that they were out of the Champions League, that would be forgotten about. The last two defeats against, you know, they lost against um, Watford. So, you know, now everybody's starting with a clean slate. There's no team in form. There's no team with momentum. But similarly, there's no team who, who has been struggling. So even if you're down at the bottom struggling like a, you know, not Norwich, for example, losing confidence because they're losing every week. They've had three, four weeks now whereby they haven't been losing confidence because they haven't been losing every week. So that could give them a lift in the fact that they're now coming off the same level as everybody else. Do you see any major changes regarding what's happening at the top? I know they could be happening at the bottom as well, those changes as far as relegation is concerned. Uh, is it cut and dry? Is it just one of those where you come back and you honor uh, the fixture and see it through? It might be different, John, yes, but w w w what are you saying? What are you thinking will happen with those top teams, your Manchester cities, and so on? Well, the Manchester City, the top teams, Liverpool, Manchester City, I don't think nothing will change there necessarily. Yeah. The interesting thing is obviously Champions League. You know, teams in fourth and fifth and sixth who probably feel they still have a chance of qualifying for the Champions League. I'm not saying that the title's wrapped up, but obviously we would like to think that that's the situation. But the interesting thing for me is really who's going to be, the, when I say top four, who's going to be, you know, third and fourth and who's going to get relegated. And that's a situation down all the way to, to, to Leeds in, in, in the Championship coming up. Or, or crew coming up from League Two. Of late, that seems to have been much more interesting than, than yes, Liverpool have won League for 30 years, so that's going to be fantastic. But I think if you're looking at it from a neutral point of view, that's much more interesting. You know, for 90% for of people, it's more about, you know, who's going to get relegated, who's going to get promoted. 
and you know who's going to be in, in the top four to qualify for the Champions League. So they, that's why they still a have a lot to play for, and b will still be very exciting. Looking at that, yes, it's not going to be exciting because Liverpool should have been the league. It'd be exciting for Liverpool fans, but for everyone else, there still is a lot to play for and to get excited about. Or depressed about if you if you're one of the teams going down. Yeah, if you're down at the bottom though. But football definitely will change, John, in into the future after what we've gone through in the past couple of months. Well, it will change in the short term, but as we know, whatever things have happened in history for thousands of years, when either disasters, pandemics, epidemics, viruses, whatever had has happened as, as this has happened, um, it, it has changed for a while. But then after a while, people get back to being their own selves because we are adaptable as human beings. That's why we are top of the food chain. We're not the biggest, the strongest, but we adapt to our, our circumstances, and, and no doubt we'll do that again. So while, yes, I think football in the short term will change, particularly from a financial point of view, I don't think you're going to see 100 and 150 million pound players being signed in the next year or two, but who says in four or five years when this is now forgotten about, and of course, you know, the economy gets back up, that, that we don't see everything continuing. I'm hoping for it not to be the case, because I'm hoping for them to manage their finances better, maybe to bring a salary cap in to help the clubs uh, but I'm sure uh, in, the, in the medium term, nothing will necessarily change. And in the short term, it will, though. Yeah. And I suppose there's a little benefit, though, because I do believe that some of the games are going to be shown uh, on free-to-air across the UK. John, how will that be received, knowing that, OK, fine, the NL fans at the stadium, uh, but hey, you get to watch for free now. You don't have to get pay-per-view. Well, this is what they've been doing um, over in South Africa for many years, watching it on television and getting excited about it. And, of course, England will have to do that. While the fact that we can't go, I don't think that the fans in England at the stadium are more excited than the fans in South Africa watching it on TV. You get the same excitement from watching your club play. So while the English fans probably have been sports in terms of being able to go to the game, now they can't go to the game. They will be excited about watching football. I speak to my brother-in-law, a lot of people. I think more importantly, what they can't wait to do, and you know English people, is get to the pub and watch it from the pubs, which they won't be able to do. So I suppose they will still complain. But once the pubs open and you can go to the pubs and watch football, even if you can't go to the matches, I think that people will be happy. Yeah. All right, John, we'll be watching very, very closely. Thank you so much for your honest and frank views on this one. And thanks so much for joining us on Mara Sports Worldwide. Stay safe, stay strong. Thanks to you, mate. Pleasure as always. All right. Thanks so much there. John Barnes uh, coming through from the UK, uh, giving us his impressions about what... Uh, has been announced this afternoon. 17th of June is marked as a return back into football. All right. Still talking about that. 060-584-2250. Let's get a sense of what you're saying out there. Good evening, Mr. Marawa. You know, this disease is very much dangerous and it's hard to recover, though people do recover. But uh, I think it's... We are living with this virus, Just we just have to continue living with it, just protect ourselves, sanitize, keep distance, and uh, wash our hands. Thank you, Mr. Marawa. This is Moses Mukwena of Hamukokwaila. Thank you. Good evening, Brother Rob and the legend. I would actually would like to ask about the French League. Should they reverse their decision? Because it seems like they took their decision very earlier. I think all the top leagues in the world, your Bundesliga, your La Liga, and the EPL, they will resume. So should they reverse their decision? Hey, Robster. Again, money wins. Anyway, we got um, pay cuts at work. But I understand, you know, the risk element is very low. So for them, they are in full contact sports. 
but I'm, I understand some will get pay cuts. Can they get maybe a risk allowance if they want them to play? Because now, really, they are risking their lives.